a lot of the times integrity is the shortcut. And if you want to exert less energy and less effort in your business, in your relationships, in everything, integrity is the shortcut to doing that. And I can 100% vouch. Hey friends, welcome back to the Black Diamond Podcast. This is your host, Eric Malzone. And this is the show where I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing entrepreneurs, founders, change makers, and people who are just creatively leading the way through innovation. And it's not only about successes and, and great stories, because you'll definitely get those, but it's also about the personal challenges and the vulnerability that we face along the way. So this show is brought to you by Level 5 Mentors, helping entrepreneurs and founders achieve the highest levels of freedom in five different categories, time, money, relationships, health, and purpose. And if you want to find out how you're doing in those five categories, we got you covered. We got a survey for that. Just go to level5mentors.com forward slash survey, and you can take the free entrepreneurial survey and see how you're doing in each category and see where you have room for improvement because, hey, we can always be improving. So welcome to the show. Let's get on to it. Jake, my friend, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks for letting me redo <laughs> my podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate good. it. Uh, I still have the original one uh, recorded somewhere, so you know maybe we'll uh, we'll pull that out of the archives someday. But uh, nice. you know, I, I've I've had the pleasure of um, you know knowing you for for a few years here since I've really been in Whitefish and. I think, you know, I was joking in the, the first time recorded, but I don't think it's really a joke. I don't know if there's anyone I text with more frequently than, than you. And there's a long story behind that, but uh, man, I, I, I'm really excited to have you on the show. You're, you're such a unique dude and you have such a great outlook on life and business and all that. So let's start with uh, a little bit of backstory, man. You're, you know, world-class tattoo artist. How, how did you get there? I got there through a lot of kind of trial and error. I guess I ended up, I mean, I, I started to tattoo in my mom's basement and it was after I'd gotten laid off of my construction job. And then I got some videos on how to tattoo and then ended up going through a lot of banging my head against the wall. And, and I realized that I didn't know a lot. And so then I had to read a lot of books and I had to, um, I had to really search for just how to tattoo. And then I ended up, you know, bumping into some pretty cool people and, and they helped me out a lot along the way. There's, I mean, there's local people around the Valley here that I'm super grateful for just the opportunity to be able to even work in their shop. They helped me out a ton. And if it wasn't for like them and their help, then, um, I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at. And then I had other people along the way. So it was just basically trying to be honest about stuff. Uh, I started tattooing and I thought I was pretty good. And then I realized right off the bat that I wasn't that good. And so then I wanted to be good. <laughs> and so I started trying to just seek out ways that I could do that. And just, it was that whole honesty process along the way of kind of trying to say, this is the area where I feel like my stuff is weak and admitting it and then trying to diligently work on it. And then a lot of the times I didn't know how to work on it. So I'd have to get books and I'd have to learn things. And so it was pretty cool because I feel like the quest to become a decent tattoo artist ended up just totally changing my life. And, um, and it was really fun and exciting. 
Yeah, and man. so yeah, it was it was a crazy it was a crazy adventure, and it still is. I mean, I'm still trying to get better at my art. Yeah, well, every time I talk to you, um, I think crazy adventure is just part of who you are now. I mean, it's just you're always looking to to try something new or do something innovative. And you know, I, I know we're gonna dive into a, a meaty topic of of integrity and what that means to you and how and how it's, you know, a path to success in so many different ways. But I'd be curious before we get into that, you know, what do you, when, when you look at the tattoo industry overall here, let's just say in North America, um, how do you think it's changed over the last 10 years? Man, <laughs> over the last 10 years, it's insane. Uh, when I started tattooing, it was the salt of the earth people. And it was bikers and people who were having a real hard time with life and just struggling and it was gritty. And I mean, there was a few outliers back then, but now it's becoming more accepted as an art form. And if you look up, if you look up art online, there's different categories. I think there's like applied arts and then there's um, visual arts and then there's a different type of art. There's like three basic categories, but tattooing isn't in any of them. It's still not considered art by the masses, but it's starting to, um, now it's breaking into that. And so now you have doctors and people who are crazy successful and, and they're getting tattooed. And so it's just, it's totally changed the industry altogether. And then it's kind of cool too, because it ends up making it so you can put more time into your art. I mean, I charge for my drawing time and, um, and people pay me enough money for my tattoos that it really enables me to push the limits of what I can do. And I, I mean, I did back in the beginning anyways, just because I always just wanted to do the best that I could. But now I, it's just, it's becoming accepted as a, as an art form. And I really think that overall tattooing is probably one of the most amazing art forms out there. And so I, th and I think people are realizing it. I mean, there's this transient beauty to tattoos where it's like, if you do an oil painting, it could last 500 years. If you do a tattoo, then it's going to last the rest of that per person's life. But then when they're gone, they take it with them. And yeah. there's something really beautiful to me about the fact that a lot of the greatest things that I ever create in this life are with other people. And then they're going to go with those people when they're gone. It's just, I, I love that. And I think that ends up, and then there's so much that goes into creating a tattoo. So I, I just really think that it's actually the most amazing art form out there and it's intriguing and it's hard and there's so much that goes into creating it that makes it really fun and it's it's becoming more i think people are realizing that yeah and it's you're, you're matching it to a person an individual that person's spirit that person's um you know uh, beliefs and and all those things and then it's also it's a human canvas which is always moving right and it's aging and it's you know it's just constantly changing it's uh yeah. I mean, when you explained to me kind of the first times the intricacies of, of body art, I was like, whoa, I never really thought about that way. It is. It's complex, man. Um, yeah. You have to have like a, you know, a degree in human physiology <laughs> to understand <laughs> it too, right? Yeah. Well, and understanding people in general too is, is really key in being able to create good art for someone. And so it leads to these really awesome um, in-depth conversations with people. And in the beginning, I wasn't equipped to do that. I sucked at talking to people. And I, I wasn't good at being able to pull from a creative space where I was thinking about other people too. Um, and, and I just had my things that I wanted to do. And so having it develop and, and go where it's gone now, I, I really feel like people come to me and these, these works of art just kind of happen now. 
because I'm really open to just telling their story, like using my artistic ability that I've developed to just tell their story the best that I can. You have a really interesting take on integrity just through your own life's journey, uh, what you've seen, you know, uh, the people of the conversations you have about what integrity means to you. And I, I think that's uh, the key topic that we want to get into because I think it's, it's not just, um, you know, obviously we talk a lot about entrepreneurship and business on this podcast and integrity is incredibly important, especially if you want to be successful in the long run, but just everything in life, right? And I guess, how, okay, let's start here. How would you define integrity? So I would define integrity as something that's different for mm -hmm. each person. And, and I really feel like it's just connecting to what you feel like is genuinely honest inside you. And that's kind of a difficult thing to do because a lot of the times our mental perception of honesty ends up getting skewed by what we learn from other people over the course of time. Like a lot of the times it's, it's, it's totally acceptable to be like, fuck the government. They take money from us all the time and they're constantly stealing from us. And so let's cheat on our taxes. Mm -hmm. And if you hear that from a thousand people, then you start to believe that that's true mentally. But then I think if most people were to dive down really deep, then they, they would end up like if you use that one kind of as a filter, because that's one that's fairly socially acceptable, then you would be able to really get to the bottom of what integrity is. If you get to the bottom of that and you're like, well, actually, that's there's definitely a part of that that's wrong. Then th that part of you, I would say, is your connection to integrity. And so like you could call it your conscience or you could call it whatever, but it's not the mental part. It's more of that deeper underlying part, I would say, is that that connecting to that and listening to that and doing what that says. Um, I would say that's integrity. Yeah. I love it. You know, I, maybe, uh, maybe you'll like this one. I, I heard a, a definition of integrity that stuck with me over the years is that uh, integrity is you do is what you do when no one's looking. Yeah. Kind of. And I, I would take it a step, a step farther than that and just say it's 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 also a continual search for what's honest because i mean i'm continually uncovering things that i thought were true that aren't necessarily true and so i think it's like i mean what you do when no one's watching is kind of one thing but developing a connection to this honesty inside yourself is uh it's pretty deep and i mean there's different things like i mean some people your, your subconscious ends up making things pop up that uh you still get what you want sometimes and so i would say integrity if, if you're really gonna if you're really gonna have integrity it's a continual search for honesty inside yourself it's not just like trying to do the right thing when no one's looking. It's this ever evolving thing that ends up uh, taking you to this deeper and deeper and deeper place of honesty inside yourself. Yeah, man. So expand on that. How do you, how does, I mean, you've had a journey through your evolution, your relationship with integrity, right? So how, how does totally. that w walk me through that and how is it um, kind of forms your beliefs and your actions behind what integrity is now? I think it, it's well and it's it's crazy man because i feel like it's really applicable to everything that's going on right now in society 
just because I think a lot of people like me that have spent a long time kind of developing a connection to that genuine, honest spot inside themselves, don't make enough time to put themselves out there for other people. And so like when you're a kid, you just kind of want to have fun and you're kind of testing the waters. And they actually say that the intelligence of a child, one of the signs of how intelligent a child is, is how early they learn to lie. And if a kid learns how to lie when they're really, really little, it means they're more intelligent because it's, it's, you're going to be able to skirt a punishment and they're figuring that out. And so the sooner they figure that out, then the more intelligent that child is. And so it's kind of this natural part of life is learning to lie. And then some people get really, really good at it. And then, um, I spent a huge part of my life, like when I was younger, I looked up to all the rappers and stuff from the 90s. And I thought they were so cool. And they're talking about like going around shooting people and getting high and all of that stuff is like super exciting and fun. And so I ended up getting into drugs and I ended up like intentionally planning like burglaries and breaking into places. And it was really fun. But it was because it was the funnest thing that I had to do at that time. And so it was, um, I think if I would have had a clear direction of something that could have been more fun, then I might have done that. And so that's kind of like the whole podcast today is I just kind of like to inspire people to maybe be more honest. But the, But what I would say ended up like creating the connection to integrity was um i was super far out of integrity and then i i didn't lose sleep at night for the things that i did because mentally i could justify them and so a lot of the times i'd steal people's stuff that was outside their house and then i would justify it and i would be like well they're a dumbass for leaving it outside their house who does that they deserve to have it stolen or um uh, I'd go smash like a business or something. And I'm like, but that's a business. That's the man. And, and it was fun too. Like it was really, really fun. Like, I mean, uh, one Halloween, I, my wife and I that like I'm currently married to ended up just go, we, we destroyed the entire downtown area of whitefish. And then we like spun Brody's on the lawn of the school at the end of it. And, um, and it was a blast. Like we had so much fun just destroying everything. And, uh, and back then, like it was just, that's what I did to have fun. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know another way that I could have more fun. And I didn't know another way that I could make life exciting. And I developed a lot of, um, time. I I'd spent a lot of time and energy on, uh, how to do that and have fun and be cool at the same time. So like when I was doing it, I looked really cool to my wife. Like when I'm smashing stuff, she wanted this wreath and it was on somebody's door. And so I was like, Oh, I'll get it for you, baby. And like went and stole it off of their door. And then we actually had the wreath on our door for like the eight or nine years. Um, and then, but then I had these, when I married Kelly, she had these three little boys. And so, um, one day I had uh, one of my kids was hiding his homework away in his backpack. And so I took him outside to have a talk about being honest. And, um, and then as I was having the talk with him, 
all these horrible things that I'd done in the past popped up. Hmm. And I was just like, man, I'm being so hypocritical about this. And I had already been inspired to kind of be a little bit more honest in my own life from this guy that I looked up to in the tattooing world named Jeff Gogwe. And so I was trying to be more honest about things. And I'm like, man, I'm being hypocritical. And I'd like, I'd only spent a little bit of time like thinking about it. And then I had a lot of like the worst things that I'd ever done pop up in my head. Like I knocked this guy's teeth out and filled out false police reports and, uh, and it was like felony assault, almost killed him. And then I filled out false police reports and I got away with it. And so I had some of that stuff pop up into my head. And um, I was like, man, I'm being so hypocritical. I'm telling this little kid not to lie. And I'm a huge liar myself. And so I thought about it and I was just like, I can't do this. I can't like be these kids' parent and be so far out of integrity. And so I went and I talked to Kelly and she was like, how did the talk with Robert go about honesty? And I'm like, oh, it went good. I think I'm going to go turn myself in for, uh, you know, some of the worst things that I've done, like some of the high speed police chases where I wow. ended up uh, getting away. And, and then I had to go fill out false police reports with, for those so I could get away with them. And then knocking this guy's teeth out and um, filling out false police reports about that. And she's like, what? No, you don't. <laughs> she's like, everybody has skeletons in their closet. You just leave them there. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you don't get it. There's just kind of like something inside me that I, I really feel like if it wasn't for these little kids, um, I would be okay not going back and changing things. But then uh, because I have to try and teach them to be honest and I can't expect them to do it without being honest myself, then um, they're just going to look at me and be like, I'm full of shit. If, if I try and tell them to be honest, but I'm so far out of integrity myself. And so then it ended up kind of leading to this whole chain where I, it was almost like a, my name is Earl sort of thing where I made this huge list of all the stuff that I'd done wrong. And I took care of the big ones first uh, because I thought it would be, those would be the hardest to take care of. And so I took care of the big ones, uh, like places where, you know, stores where I'd smashed out their windows and like gone inside and stole stuff and then left. Like that stuff ended up on my list. And it took about five years, man, of uh, going back and taking care of stuff. And I spent some time in jail and I paid back thousands of dollars in like restitution um, to try and make things right with people. And then, um, but it was kind of cool because in the process of it, I would say I really ended up developing this good connection to integrity and honesty. That's a, uh, that's a lot to unpack, man. There, there's a lot going on there. How many, you said about five years of, of going back and I guess for lack of a better term, restitution period, right? Um, yeah. How long ago was that? Um, that was about, I think I completed it about five years ago. Wow. wow. Yeah. And how did you set forth on that? Did you literally just, you know, my name is Earl kind of make a list of people that you wanted to go back and, and talk to and how, how were you welcomed by these people when you chatted with them? It was amazing, man. Like, uh, that was the most incredible thing about it was every single time in my head, my brain would make it out to be this horrible thing. Mm. And it would be like, you're going to go to jail. You're going to lose your family. Uh, all this terrible stuff is going to happen to you. It's going to, it was apocalyptic. And, um, and it was just basically like the end of my life in the beginning of it. And then, and then the way people treated me, 
was surprising every single time. I mean, the guy who's, each one is kind of a long story, but like the guy whose teeth I knocked out, he ended up actually going into the jail because the state of Montana ended up pressing charges against me. He didn't press charges against me and I was paying him back money to try and make things right with him. And that was surprising because I thought he was just going to send me straight to jail. And he actually was just like, no, if you can, if you can pay me money and you can um, make things right with me, then I won't press charges. And I was like, yeah, I'll do everything I can. And I was uh, out of work and um, I was on unemployment at the time, but I was going and working these extra jobs and giving him the money. And then he, I ended up a day after my daughter was born. Um, I got a call from the Whitefish Police Department. They're like, yeah, Jake, you got to come turn yourself in. Um, He didn't press charges against you. And we're not pressing charges against you, but it got turned over to the state. And so now the state's pressing charges against you. And I was like, all right. And so I came and turned myself in. And then they took me down to like county and locked me up. And um, But while I was there, the guy whose teeth I knocked out, ended up coming in and trying to get me out of there. He's like, this is ridiculous. Like he was working things out with me and like, now you guys lock him up. And so and it, every single time, the way that people dealt with me was a hundred percent different than I imagined them dealing with me. And it was because I was so far out of integrity myself that I imagined the world being this place where everyone was out to get me and everyone was out to screw me over and everyone was out to just totally pull one over on me. But it's because that's what I was doing. And so then I would look for those things in other people. And anytime I saw something even close to it, I'm like, yep, there it is. See, everybody else is exactly like that. And then what I started to realize is that the world really isn't like that for most people. It's like that in some small niches of the world. And then when you're in one of those niches, then everyone talks about how everyone outside of that niche is fucked up and how they're like these rich people with tons of money and like they're the man and like we got to stick one over on them and we got to do all this stuff. But the actuality is, is the majority of the people with a lot of money are normally pretty cool. (laughs) And then, um, I mean, there are people with a lot of money who are super far out of integrity themselves, but, um, the, the majority of people that are, you know, upper middle class are really cool people who do a lot of things for their community and help people out. And then the average American citizen is normally a pretty cool person. And it just totally changed. I mean, the lady who I stole her wreath off of her door, she, when I went to go return her wreath, she ended up giving me a big hug and like telling me that she was going to pray for me. And it was insane. It made me like break down and start crying because I didn't believe people were like that. And so it was, it was amazing. The way, the way that people dealt with me every single time was totally different than I imagined it. And a lot of it was because they weren't as far out of integrity as I was. And so it, it changed my life. It changed everything. And then it made me want to do more for the world instead of trying to get mine from the world. That's powerful, man. I am. So, you know, I I guess there's kind of two points. I feel like you, you went through this period of restitution, seeking forgiveness and, and making things right. Now that that's somewhat behind you, if you know, as much as it can be, 
how is now in facing forward and moving forward, how is now integrity a different thing to you as you take on new ventures in life? Now it's amazing because that voice inside myself that I didn't listen to, I didn't listen to it because I was afraid. Hmm. It would tell me to do crazy shit and it would tell me to do things that I was scared to do. You'd be standing on the, on the side of a dance floor and I didn't know how to dance. And that little voice would be like, you should get out there and dance. And I'd be like, I don't want to do that. That sounds scary. I don't even know how to dance. I'm going to make a fool of myself. If I make a fool of myself, then people are going to laugh at me and I don't want people to laugh at me. And so I was constantly suppressing that voice my whole life because I was afraid of it. And then I do these sneaky little things behind the scenes to have fun because I was, in a, I was so afraid of getting out there and doing them in the spotlight uh, in front of people. And so it was a lot easier to go light a garbage can on fire and run away and have that be exciting than it was to do something like genuinely good, like uh, a piece of art and putting that out there for a bunch of people to see. Like that's scary, man. Uh, yeah. Putting it, it, there's this fear, this underlying fear that I think holds a lot of people back. And a lot of the times that spot inside ourselves that's connected to integrity encourages us to do crazy things. And a lot of the times we don't want to do those things because we want to be comfortable in life. And, but then, then we end up doing all these other crazy things because we want it to be exciting at the same time. We're like, whoa, 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 we want to be comfortable, but we want life to be exciting. And so then like subconsciously, you'll create a whole bunch of drama in your life where it's like life still gets to be exciting, but you don't really have to put yourself out there. You can do it with a mask on your face and you can go smash a whole bunch of stuff and have it be super exciting. But it's just like, it, it's, it's because I didn't have the, I didn't have the balls to get out there and do the genuinely exciting things. Like it, there's this new um, project that I'm working on. That's a clothing line that we're starting. And one of the things that we do is we sticker up models um, with tape. And the coolest thing about it is some of the stuff that I've heard back from the models, cause they're nude and we're like, we're decorating their bodies with tape. And, uh, and, and then one of the models after the shoot, she came up to me and she was like, Jake, that was incredible. She was like, I was so afraid and I was so scared to do it. And then I ended up doing it and it was really great. And like you, you made us feel fun and it, it, you made the experience fun and you made us feel good and it was empowering. And she's just like, it was so awesome. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's what it's about. It's awesome. about doing those things that are crazy and they're exciting and putting yourself out there and being willing to do it at any moment. And then, and then you do it and then it ends up working out better than your brain imagines it working out. It might not work out perfect, but then it, it's still fun and it's exhilarating and it's exciting and it feels good afterwards. And so it's the, the overall experience that you get from doing things like that, I think is just incredible. And I think it's something that everyone should be willing to do. And if you listen to that spot inside that like creative spot inside yourself, then you're going to end up doing more stuff like that. And you'll be more honest and you don't have to do as many things that are out of integrity to have excitement in your life. You're not going to have to have as much drama in your life if, you're, if you have the balls 
to do those exciting things. Yeah. I mean, there, there are certain, there, there's a couple questions I ask myself when uh, I'm facing what I call a big, scary decision, right? Which I think, you know, what you're referring to is like that, that call to adventure, that, that's something different and challenging and maybe a little dangerous or, you know, risky. And so the the three questions are this is, is number one, what's the worst thing that can happen? Right. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's like, well, we live in the van. Um, number two, uh, you know, 10 years from now, will I regret not having tried? And then number three is huge. What's, what's this, what's the tiniest first step that I can take to start this thing? And those three things I have over the years have refined and helped me made a lot of decisions because that second one is critical, right? Will I, will I actually have regretted this? And then put you in this objective point of view of you in the future and thinking back, you know, will I regret this? And sometimes I think, no, I, I don't think I will have regretted not having tried actually. So then I'm like, well, scrap it. It's a shit idea, right? But something else that feels really big and compelling um, is really powerful. And I think that's also lining up integrity with yourself right? Um, you know, are you really being true to, to who you are? Um, or are you just walking? And I think this is a more subtle version of a tag, or are you just walking a path that's been laid in front of you because that's what everyone else does. And yeah. uh, sometimes people are, are really scared to be, you know, have the integrity to be who they truly are and express what they, what they want in life. That's, you know, that's a positive thing because it's risky. And then the people they know will look, will look at them and say, you know, that's crazy. That's nuts. You know, you should be doing this or that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's integrity is a really important thing, man. Um, And it's crazy too, like looking at it now after being so far out of integrity hmm. and then, um, and then having done everything that I have to try and be more honest and more in line with integrity and with what I'm doing, it, it really shows me too that when you're super far out of integrity and you try it, there, there was this really cool um, uh, story that I heard. And I think it was in Gay Hendricks' book, uh, The Five Wishes. But he talked about life and he talked about how life is supposed to be like a river and it's supposed to flow pretty smoothly. And when you're trying to do something, it's not supposed to be a ton of energy and a ton of effort to accomplish it. It's still going to take energy and it's still going to take effort to accomplish whatever it is, but it's not supposed to be very difficult to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish in life. But then when you do something that is out of integrity, it's like throwing a rock in the river. And like a rock in a river isn't really going to do a lot. But if you get enough rocks in the river and you get enough boulders in the river, then all of a sudden it's this crazy obstacle course where you just, you got these giant rapids and you're trying to watch out for each one and you're slamming off the rocks and it's insane. <laughs> and you see, I notice that now in life, man, the people that I see that are the farthest out of integrity, they normally always fit that scenario. And then the people that you see that are operating more in integrity, you watch them accomplish things. You're like, how are they doing this? How are they accomplishing things so easily? And a lot of the times, integrity is the shortcut. And if you want to exert less energy and less effort in your business, in your relationships, in everything, integrity is the shortcut to doing that. And I can 100% vouch for that from being so far out of integrity and then having now operating 
more in integrity and trying to do it more and more every day. And it's, I exert like one twentieth the amount of energy and effort that I used to exert trying to accomplish things. And it just happens pretty smooth and easy now. And it's like, I wish, I wish more people that have been that far out of integrity and then like realign themselves and done as much as they can to try and fix that would put themselves out there more just because I think just people hearing that is something where they'll be like, wait, maybe like I, I should try that. I should see if like maybe taking care of some of these things from my past ends up making life better. Or if just this business plan, if I don't cut corners and I don't skirt things, it's what, what ends up happening is you have to come up with creative, innovative solutions to solve things um, because you can't skirt around it. You go, oh no, I'm trying to start up this new business in this other state and they don't allow me to do this. So I could sign this paper and I could lie about it. But if I do that, then it's going to be out of integrity. And it seems like there's no other option in that moment. But if you just give it time and you let it sit and you think about it and you try and connect to that creative spot inside yourself, then you'll come up with a different idea. And then it works out great. And it took more energy, a little bit more energy, but then you realize down the road, oh man, if I would have done it that way, it would have blown up in my face as soon as this thing happened. Yes. And it's like, it really is the shortcut, man. And it, I wish I knew that in the beginning of everything, in the beginning of life in general, <laughs> I wish I would have known that. Man, if I, I'm 43, if I could go back uh, to 23 and know everything that I know now, I would have been a powerhouse. <laughs> You know, it's an absolute powerhouse. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, such, it's such good messaging, Jake. So I, I want to take a few minutes too and, and just highlight all of the things that you're doing because, you know, you have uh, Burleson Art here in Whitefish, Montana. You have uh, Carrie Skull. You have your new, um, you know, fashion project. Give us everything that you're up to right now. Where can people find you? Um, so right now I'm, I'm trying to simplify some things in my life. And so I'm pretty much currently only working on like four projects. And so I have my family and I'm trying to get better at having more fun with my family just because I spend a lot of time and it's, it's kind of crazy too. Cause when you're really honest with yourself, um, some weird things happen. Like I hit this point in life where I just honestly realized that I really wanted to get good at tattooing and I wanted to do it more than hanging out with my family at the time. And so I ended up spending a lot of time tattooing and I didn't spend a lot of time with my family. And, um, and now down the road, having my kids graduate, I'm like, oh, I want to spend more time with my family. And so I'm working on, and, but, but after you get really good at business, then when you hang out with your family, a lot of the times it's really frustrating because you're not as good at it as you, like, I mean, I'm not nearly as good at hanging out with my kids and having fun with them as I am at tattooing. And so I want to get better at that. And so I'm working on having fun with my family and, and being the kind of dad who's actually more fun than video games. Um, so that's like one project that I'm currently working on. And then I have a uh, Bertelson tattoo, which is our tattoo business. And we're moving into a new shop 
And it's super exciting because um, I'm kind of scaling a lot of things down in my life to make it so I can travel more and I can put myself out there more. And so the new shop is going to facilitate that. Um, and, and, and then just trying to really make more time to be a good, uh, uh, a good manager of the business where I actually make time for all the employees and make sure that they feel like genuinely loved and cared about and um, that I put enough time into helping them excel. And so Bertelson Tattoo is the other one. And, um, and then we have our clothing, which is naughty. And it's also kind of an art project. The whole goal with naughty is to just inspire people to be courageous and to put themselves out there and to have, be willing to take that leap into the unknown because they think it's going to be fun. And I feel like if we can inspire people to do that through this art project, and then th there's a clothing line that goes along with it too. So like hopefully wearing the clothes is inspiring and following the art project itself is inspiring. And so that's called uh, naughty art. And, uh, and it's super exciting seeing where that one's going or do a uh, bunch of photography and stuff. N-A-W, right? N-A-W-T-Y. Is that right? It's, K N A W. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I knew yeah. it was a funky spelling. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Carry it's, on. A, it's super funky spelling. And then the other one is carry the skull, man. And it's, it's, it's carry the skull is kind of weird because a lot of people don't even know that um, I started it up, but it's this experiment that I did um, on the idea of maximum effect. And it was the idea that if you exert a little bit of energy with a clear intention of what you want to do, and you really analyze the structure of the way things work, then you can make a big difference with a little bit of energy exerted. And it was also to kind of test out, you know, what is the difference on like return on impact of exerting energy that's more in line with integrity versus exerting energy when you're super far out of integrity. And it's been crazy, man. I put in... I mean, total, total thought power going into Carry the Skull has been somewhere around 5% of my total thought power over the last few years. And it's incredible. It's changed people's lives. It's stopped people from committing suicide. And it's like some of the stories that I hear just from these people that ended up finding out what it is and reading about it online and then kind of becoming a part of it are amazing and so it, it was this really cool experience i just wanted to make some positive like i i really feel like every person out there can make their own world a little bit better place and if more of the people that are capable of doing it made time to do it then i think it would have this big effect and um and carry the skull really has and it's it's pretty neat seeing the results of it but it's getting ready to turn into a 501c3 and then it's going to accept charitable donations. And then we're going to seek out extraordinary people in the world. And then we're going to fund their projects to, you know, just kind of try and make a little bit of a, a positive change in the world. I think it's cool that people can destroy things, but I also think there should be a little bit more emphasis on trying to create rad things too. Yeah. So that's, that's basically what Carry the Skull is going to end up doing over the next year is eventually it's just going to kind of turn into this thing that's funding cool projects where someone's already doing really good, but they're not asking for help. 
and then you go out and you find them and then you help them and, and then see what they can do. And I think it's going to be a, a pretty fun project. Awesome, man. Jake, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. And, uh, maybe I can get you back on again in a few months. What do you think? Yeah, man, I'd love to. That'd be awesome. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Jake Burleson. Thanks, man. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Eric Malzone. Don't leave yet. I have a few more requests for you. So if you got value out of this podcast, I ask you to do a few things. Number one, go to wherever you're listening, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and go ahead and subscribe to the show. Number two, while you're there, if you feel that we earned it, please leave us a nice review. Number three, share it. Whether it be social media, email, texting, whatever it may be, I'm sure you know somebody who would get value out of this episode just like you did. So please go ahead and share it. And that's how we get the word out. So it's really valuable and super appreciative. It only takes a minute of your time. Next, if you know of somebody, including yourself, who would be a great guest for the show, please head on over to level5mentors.com, L-E-V-E-L, the number five, mentors.com. Get in touch with me, let me know what you're thinking, uh, make an introduction, whatever it may be. You can also get me directly in my email, which is eric, E-R-I-C, at level5mentors.com. Lastly, if you just wanna chat, you wanna find out more, if you wanna expand on some ideas, I love hearing from the audience. So go ahead and hit me up on social media. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. You also have my email already. So I love to hear from you. I'm always looking for ways to improve the show and I'm always looking to have great conversations. So don't hesitate to reach out. And once again, thank you for listening to the Black Diamond Podcast and you can expect a lot more from us.